0: 831-381- Four five six seven, Or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you
1: to the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December seventeenth, two 2015. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwyn, is here. Hello, Dan.
2: Hey, Jacob. Great to be here tonight.
1: Good to be with you as well. Thank you for joining us on the other end of the line tonight. We look forward to hearing from you at 877-381-4567 seven questions at collegeU.com and if you're listening to us live tonight the chat room to the bottom of your video feed is up and people are signing in there get your seat now before they fill up and chat with other listeners and if you're listening to us in the podcast version we will remind you we welcome your comments at any time questions at college you.com is the email address to use to get a hold of us at any time with your questions about what you've heard some comments maybe feedback about what you've heard or suggestions for what you'd like to hear on a future edition of the program. Jacob,
2: we're going to give everybody an early heads up. Uh, This is going to be our last program of this calendar year. Okay. Uh, The next two Thursday nights are going to be pretty hard logistically to accomplish. Plus, people are so busy at at those particular times that uh, we typically get very low uh, listener response and so we're going to do an unheard of thing on the virtual bible study we're going to take a two-week break and be back the first thursday in
1: january okay so uh, uh everybody be aware two weeks for you to get your uh suggestions for what you'd like to hear in 2016 yeah, we, need ready. To, we
2: need to get an agenda of items ready for
1: the new year all right so we're we'll working on that and we'll look forward to talking with you next year on the program in the interim we have a program for tonight at least that we want to talk about and it is a timely subject yeah it it,
2: it, we have covered this before in the virtual bible study but i got to looking at our archives jacob and by the way all, all of the audio archives of our programs are still out there on our website over 500 programs now uh and I got to looking, had we, had we talked about Christmas? Well, I knew we had talked about Christmas. Actually, we did a couple of times, but we did it very early on in the virtual Bible study, and it's been almost 10 years since we had a program about Christmas.
1: Okay.
2: Uh, obviously, it is that time of year, and I thought it'd be good to revisit that subject. And so earlier today to our update list, we sent out some questions for discussion, indicating yes. that this would be our topic. And here's the questions we sent. If you don't get these updates, send us an email to questions@collegeu.com. Just say, add me to the list. We'll do it. And you'll get our weekly update about our topic with some questions for discussion as we did today. Number one, what do we know about the origins of, of the Christmas observance? Number two, is it possible to confirm that Jesus was born on December 25th? Number three, concerning the origins of considering the origins of this holiday, can or should Christians observe it religiously? Uh, And then under that, would it be right to have a collective congregational observance? Uh, Or could an individual Christian set aside a day to pay special honor to the birth of Jesus? Could Christians observe it as a secular holiday? So three parts to that. Can it be observed collectively, individually, secularly? That's sort of the question we want to know there. Number four, are there any positive things associated with Christmas? And number five, are there some negative? What are some of the negative things that are associated with Christmas? Okay. So that's the way we're going to go. Uh, we hope to follow through. We're probably going to have to hurry. We got, we've fast. gotten more email response uh, to these questions than we have been getting lately, and uh, we want to try to include those comments uh, as we go. Oh. So let's just dive in, Jacob. All
1: right. We're glad that you're here again. Look forward to hearing your comments in the chat room. And... Um, we uh, look forward to uh, maybe some comments from our board uh, tonight. We've got uh, Josh back with us, and uh, or I'm sorry, Kyle back with us, and uh, he's got an understudy, Josh, uh, with him uh, learning the ropes. So glad you gentlemen are here, and I look forward to your comments as well. If you'll raise your hand as we go along tonight. All right, what do we know about the origins of Christmas?
2: Well, I think it you
1: don't have to you don't have to do very much research at all to
2: find out that the observance of Christmas is heavily steeped in Pagan religion, uh, and that the Catholic Church sort of latched on to it. If I was going to sort of paint a thumbnail of how this happened, uh, in the in the early mid centuries, the Catholic Church was bringing a lot of pagan people into their numbers. The pagans came with lots of their pagan observances and practices. One real prevalent one was a midwinter celebration in which the sun was worshipped. You think about it, you know, the pagans see the sun. The sun's going away. The sun's going away. The sun's way over there to the south, and it's cold here. And we'd like to invite the sun to come back to us uh, in the northern hemisphere. And so they had a big pagan holiday to, to celebrate the sun, to worship the sun. And pretty hard to disavow these pagans that the catholic church is bringing into their number of these kinds of practices and so uh in, instead of just getting them to quit doing such things they decided to di- sort of divert their attention to make it some sort of a christian religious observance midwinter yeah and so they assigned december 25th as a day to celebrate the birth of jesus and christmas was the result and, and again that's my thumbnail sketch of what happened but uh Pretty easy research confirms that sort of thing. The Catholic Encyclopedia admits Christmas was not among the earliest festivals of the church. Irenaeus and Tertullian omitted from their lists of feasts. Chambers Encyclopedia says the earliest mention of the observance of this day is in Rome in the year 336. It was only adopted at Alexandria about 430 and it was still unknown at Jerusalem when St. Jerome wrote early in the 5th century. World Book Encyclopedia says in the year 354, a specific date was set by the authority of the Bishop of Rome. 354 A.D. Uh, the New International Encyclopedia says the same instance which sets Natalis Invicti, a festival of the birthday of the sun. Uh-huh. That's what we were talking about. The same instance which sets Natalis Invicti as the winter solstice, the time when the days begin getting longer will have sufficed to set the Christian feast there too. the wish to place a Christian feast in opposition to the feast of the sun at the winter solstice may have had weight. So uh, there you go. That's sort of what I was trying to suggest. Yeah. So I think it's pretty obvious without very much deep research, it's pretty obvious that this celebration is of human origin. It's not of divine origin. It even has roots in paganism. All right, and I don't—that's really not debatable.
1: Okay, well, it seems to echo with what a lot of our listeners have said. If you have other information you'd like to share in the chat room, sign in now. Anthony in Columbia says many people assume that Christmas has been around forever as a religious observance, exactly in the state that we ha- find it today. In fact, nothing could be farther from the truth. Unfortunately, Christmas is completely invented. A completely invented man-made holiday instituted by the Roman Catholic Church well after the time of Christ. The Catholics created this feast as a direct answer to the pagan celebrations all around the winter solstice. They thought if they could have a celebration at the same time, and with many borrowed aspects of the pagan festivals, it might help grow the church roles. So Anthony is uh, echoing what you've said there. An anonymous listener uh, notes that uh, this was celebrated uh, that this, the holiday got its start from uh, the pagans. Hang on there just for a minute, yep. because that
2: same anonymous emailer sent a longer email that had a number of, of uh, uh, screenshots from the book uh, uh, "Traces of the Kingdom." Do you remember when we interviewed yes. Keith Sisman yes. uh, in England? Uh, He's written a book about traces of the kingdom, and he says basically as far back as you can go, you find traces of the true kingdom of our Lord Jesus Christ. People who are
1: just following the Bible with no denominational affiliations. And so he
2: dealt with some of the perversions that had come along, and and I I want to read some of these just real quickly, some of these photos that were sent with this longer email. Uh, In origin, this is Keith Sissman writing in Traces of the Kingdom. In origin, Christmas is pagan. It is not found in the scriptures, neither did the early pre-Catholic church celebrate it. The name itself is from the Old English Mass of Christ, or Christmas. Pagan festivities, merrymaking, the giving of presents, coupled with the worship of idols and pagan gods with horrific human sacrifice and cannibalism are lost in the myths of time. Uh, Several several more... uh, and I know I can't even hardly read some of these because they're too small. Uh, the northern tribes set fire to fir trees, hence their name, at the winter solstice to encourage the return of the sun god. Uh, you, you see some of that that we were suggesting. Uh, and then, well, we'll talk a little bit about the opposition to it. Some Christians opposing that. And, and there's some there's some uh, photos from. His book talking about that, and we'll get to that in a
1: minute. All right. To look forward to hearing your comments. Kyle is behind the board tonight, and Kyle, you sent in an email. I don't know, Kyle, if you want to you want to comment, but uh, you you said that uh, this is perhaps a pattern that the Catholic Church had of, of adopting pagan holidays.
3: As along with um, Christmas and Easter. There's actually, I think, the Catholics have a holiday for almost every day of the year. It seems like so. There's really tried to absorb all of the pagan holidays and just try to bolster their numbers, it seems
1: like. Yeah. And
3: Christmas is one of
1: those. Yeah, go ahead and read your comments, uh, Kyle, because I thought they were well-stated. If I'm not mistaken, the day that we know it as Christmas is of Catholic origin as in Christ mass, Catholicism has a history of attempting to mirror pagan holidays in an attempt to garner converts. Uh, And so uh, I do not believe Christmas has any religious significance at all. Uh, So... Thank you, Kyle, for for those comments tonight. And then Uh, Keith from down in Calhoun, Georgia. Kent. Kent. I'm sorry, Kent. Kent. Uh, Kent's
2: an old friend from years ago in in East Tennessee. He and I studied together a lot a number of years ago and uh, just recently reconnected. uh, Appreciate Kent for participating in the Virtual Bible Study tonight.
1: Thank you for your comments. Uh, Kent says, uh, history attests to the origin of such uh, being a Roman Catholic Holy Day. I,
2: and did, did you read? Did you read Randy's comment from? I'm got to save
1: this uh, for later. But well, uh, he's got one point here. The second paragraph, he says,
2: "Christmas has its problems both in origin and modern-day celebration." Uh, he didn't go into much detail, but he does suggest that there's sort of a problem with the origins of Christmas. Okay. We'll talk more about his email in a minute.
1: Okay, so we got it, We got it nailed down here that uh, we can't read about this in the Bible. It has its origins in uh, the Catholic, Roman Catholic Church and uh, likely in pagan holidays that they were bringing, that they were sort of bringing in and adopting.
2: And and let's take this second part too, Jacob. Is it confirmable that Jesus was born on December 25th? What about that day in particular? Well, uh, again, I think without very much research, you're able to determine that Jesus likely was not born. In fact, you can be almost emphatically certain that Jesus was not born on December 25th. Luke chapter 2, in Luke's account of the birth of Jesus, it says, Mary brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in, a, in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. And then it goes on in that text. It says, there were in the same country shepherds abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And lo, the angel of the Lord came upon them, said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you glad tidings of, good, of great joy, which shall be to all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Now, the key phrase there is shepherds were these shepherds to whom um, the angel of the Lord came were abiding in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. Okay, now here's what commentator Albert Barnes says about that. The climate was mild and to keep their flocks from straying, they spent the night with them. The Jews sent out their flocks into the mountains and desert regions during the summer months and took them up in the latter part of October or the first of November when the cold weather commenced. It is probable from this that our Savior was born before the 25th of December. At that time, December 25th, it is cold, especially in the high and mountainous regions about Bethlehem. And so Barnes observes what a lot of people have observed, the very fact that the shepherds, to whom the angels appeared uh, on the night Jesus was born, they were out in the field at night keeping their flocks. They don't do that in the winter. You know, uh, the the temperature, the climate of Palestine is not terribly different than uh, here in mid-America. Yeah. You know, in December, it's cold. You don't stay out all night. You know, we like to go camping. We like to spend the night out into the stars, but we don't do it in December. Yeah. Uh, it's too cold. And that's and and that's the argument that just uh, that that almost certainly proves that the birth of Jesus was not December 20th. The fact of the matter is, the Bible doesn't say. You 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 know the indication from the Bible is that that's not the date. It certainly doesn't specify that as the date. In fact, it specifies no date yeah. as the date of Jesus. You cannot deduce from Scripture what the date of Jesus' birth.
1: all right to your question can we confirm that was the 25th anthony says no it is impossible to confirm that as many of our listeners will know all the evidence points to a springtime birth of jesus the anonymous listener tonight says no it is not possible uh to confirm and uh let's see some of our other listeners um say that um uh, kent says uh, we cannot confirm any specific date when christ was born so the evidence le- leads us to think it was not December 25th. But the fact of the matter is, if you had to go into court of law and prove it, you couldn't prove it was uh, December 25th or June 25th. You just can't say for sure. Can't say. Uh,
2: so just to conclude that, because we need to take a break, but just to con- conclude the first couple of observations, we, we can be almost absolutely certain that the date of Jesus' birth was not December 25th. But the fact of the matter is, the Bible doesn't say and you couldn't prove it from the Bible if your life depended on it. That's right. Secondly, the celebration we know, we know for certain that the celebration did not begin until seven, several the celebration did not begin until several hundred years after the church began. Earliest Christians did not celebrate Christmas. And we also know for certain that the religious aspects of the observance are the product of the Catholic Church, and they also incorporated some practices of the pagans in, in the religious aspects of the observance of Christmas.
1: All right, we're going to take a break. When we get back, now that we know that it has a Catholic origin, it is not founded in the Bible, and that it is impossible to confirm that Jesus was born on December 25th, how then uh, should we regard the holiday? Should we observe it? Religiously? Is it possible to observe it collectively,
2: individually?
1: Is it flat out wrong all the time, period, religiously? How about observing it secularly? Is it wrong all the time, everywhere, to observe it secularly? Or is it possible to observe it religiously and or secularly? We'll talk about that when we get back from the break, and we'll look forward to your comments. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study will continue right after this.
0: Don't touch that mouse. The Virtual Bible Study will be back right after this.
1: Computers are good for lots of things, but there's no better
4: way you could be using yours than to participate in the Virtual Bible Study every Thursday night Can you think of a better use of your time. Here's some quotes worth pondering. What if God only
2: gave us that which we remember to thank Him for? An attitude of thanksgiving is the clearest indication that the heart recognizes the unmerited love of God. When your cup runs over, as it so frequently does for all of us, do you give thanks to God or complain about the size of your cup? Matt,
0: wish I'd said that. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back
1: on the program tonight as we talk about Christmas and ask the question, should Christians now observe the holiday? And we've got Josh in the studio with us tonight. to uh, Josh, uh, what do you think about uh, observing the holiday? Uh, should Christians observe it religiously? Well, there you go. Try it now. Go okay. Ahead. I noted Second uh, you know,
3: Peter 1 verse 3 where it tells us that we've been given all things that pertain to life and godliness. And so uh, it's not found in the Bible. So there's no, we don't have authority for the church to celebrate Christmas as a
1: collective group. So, so, so certainly yeah. if we needed to observe it. Yeah. Uh, in order to be right with God or in order to be everything we needed to be God would have told us in the scriptures I so. explicitly I was thinking
2: the same thing Josh and I was I was going to use 2 Timothy 3:16 and 17 all scripture is given by inspiration of God it's profitable for doctrine for reproof for correction for instruction in righteousness that the notice that the man of God may be perfect or complete thoroughly furnished unto all good works if it's a good work that God desires us to be doing then he would have told us not only would he he would have told us how to do it he would told us when to do it but the absence of that information in the scriptures indicates that it's not a good work that he that he desires us to do
1: now let's compare that with what we see in the religious world today that he's given us all things that pertain to life and godliness the the scriptures are are complete so they can perfectly furnish us to every good work let's compare that with what we see in the religious world today where religious folks say well if you're going to do anything religiously you most definitely want to make sure you do something on december 25th i mean the rest of the year is sort of a you you can take it or leave it but you better find your way to the church on christmas eve for the christmas eve service signs are going up everywhere special flyers josh has got one in his possession tonight where there are flyers of advertising the church service because everybody wants to make sure they do december 25th i've
2: got one in my file here from a church of christ
1: yeah oh you know uh We recently talked about,
2: uh, was it Hillsboro? uh, Harpeth Hills. Harpeth Harpeth Hills. Harpeth Hills that added instrumental music. We we had a a program on that several months ago. I've got a a flyer in in my folder here from them in which they're having a Christmas celebration. Uh, And so, you know, people are doing it. But if you were going to say, you know, another verse that comes to mind when we're talking about having authority for doing what we do. Is Colossians three seventeen whatsoever you do in word or deed do all in the name of the Lord Jesus giving thanks to God and the Father by Him. Could you say we're having a Christmas service and we're doing it in accordance with book chapter and verse? Well, you couldn't do that, right? And so you you couldn't you couldn't suggest that the church meet on Christmas Eve and have a Christmas Eve service or have a sunrise service uh, on Easter morning or. Whatever. Easter is another holiday that we've talked about before. They sort of, so those are sort of the two that everybody thinks they have to go to church on Easter and Christmas. You know, yeah. may not go to church any other time of the year, but they've got to be there for that. We don't have authority. We don't have authority for special, for, for a, an organized special observance of those days.
1: Yeah. There's just no authority. All right. Let us know your thoughts. Eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven is the number to call if you want to be a part of the program tonight. Anthony says there's no biblical authority for collective or individual observance of a specific calendar date as the real birth of Jesus. That is what Christmas is proclaimed to be by those who observe it religiously. All right. So Anthony says there is no uh, authority for a collective or individual observance. And then uh, our anonymous listener says uh, we should not observe it uh, religiously. Um, it's not commanded, and no, we should not. Uh, and,
2: and while we're there, let me talk about uh, this same listener sent us in uh, several photos from this book, Traces of the Kingdom by Keith Sisman, talking about the earliest Christians. And he said he says in his book, page 215, I think, Religious festival days such as Easter and Christmas were a favorite time at which to arrest heretics due to their lack of participation in such services uh get what he's saying they wanted to go the authorities wanted to round up everybody who was not practicing the established religion of the day christians and so they went out on christmas and easter to arrest those people because they knew they had a conscience against the observances and they wouldn't be in church services on those days the the ones who lined up on the question of Christmas and Easter, they'd be at church on those days. The ones who had a conscience against it, he said, wow. it was a it was a favorite time to go out hunting for them because they knew they wouldn't be in church on those days. Isn't that interesting?
1: Yeah, right. Okay. Wow. So
2: so what we're saying is, uh, I, I guess my takeaway from that is there has been a lot of conscientious objection. To any kind of observance of Christmas, that's not new. That's not just something that that maybe someone recently dreamed up. That that concern leading to a conscientious objection from ob- observing that day religiously, uh, that's that's been around for a long time.
1: Okay. All and
2: right. this anonymous emailer says, uh, talks about uh, how hard it was to give up that observance when she became a a New Testament Christian about four or five years ago. She'd actually been an atheist, uh, but her husband taught her a lot of hard lessons. Uh, One of the hardest, she said, was Christmas. I kept the holiday going in my house, single-handedly putting up a six-foot tree, rearranging the living room in elementary school, uh, just so my very broken family could be normal. I enjoyed everything about it, from the snow and lights to the candy canes and ornaments. Uh, but he, she said my husband remembers a time when his family did celebrate it, and when they stopped, uh, the, they talked to, and, and they talked about the emotions they had when they stopped. Hard to stop, but they believed that they needed to conscientiously.
1: Now, that's along the lines of what Joe has said in the chat room. Joe said that he studied the issue extensively and that his conscience will not allow him to celebrate Chris, Christmas in any way as a scripture state for him to prove all things. And so Joe says he's decided that he can't celebrate it. Um, and uh, he says, seeing that Christmas has a religious connotation among my friends and neighbors, if I were to celebrate it in any way, it would leave an incorrect impression. All right.
2: Yeah. He goes on to talk about some of the things we were mentioning. The scriptural fact is that the birth was never emphasized with a celebration. His death was, uh, and now he says that might put up red flags for any uh, serious Bible student. He points out that the climate in Jerusalem area is almost identical to the northeast United States. And that
1: goes along with what Travis has said in the chat room. Travis said sheep only lamb in the spring because uh, they they're, uh, they only would become pregnant in the fall when the temperature drops and the daylight is short. So they wouldn't be in the field until late spring. You wouldn't bring young lambs and until closer to summer than spring, you wouldn't bring them out until closer to summer. Yeah. And so, again,
2: that's arguing to the, the December 25th date is almost certainly not the right date. Okay. Now, what about this? In other words, Joe in the chat room, this anonymous emailer, strong conscience against any kind of observance of the day. What would you tell him, Jacob? I would say
1: absolutely, you're making the right decision to not right. observe it. Absolutely. 100%. No doubt. And no doubt you're doing the right thing. Yeah.
2: I had a a really close friend years ago. He's passed away now. Uh, But he came out of a denominational church that was heavily involved in Christmas celebration, putting up the Christmas tree in the church building and all the uh, all all the associated things with that. And he learned the truth and he left that denomination. But he that had been such a integral part of what he did while he was a part of that he could not separate you know we're we're going to talk here a minute can you separate the religious from the secular he couldn't and so the decision for him was not to observe it in any fashion
1: whatsoever I think it was right you got to honor your conscience in all that sort of thing right absolutely and it may uh, depend on your locale uh, if you're in an area where everyone around you is only observing it religiously then you would probably want to abstain uh, to sh- make a distinction. But however, you're in an area where it's not such a religious observance, a more secularized. Then perhaps it would be more acceptable. You wouldn't necessarily be giving off the wrong impression. Certainly, something to consider.
2: Okay, now I want to throw a, a wrench in the discussion. How much time we got? We probably need to take a break. Let's go ahead and take our mid mid uh, hour break here, Jacob. And when we get back, let's talk about whether I could even though we agree that the Scripture doesn't mandate it, describe it, instruct about it, could I do something to honor the
1: the, the birth of Jesus? Could I choose to do something to honor the birth of Jesus? And Travis has already thrown Romans 14 into the the discussion tonight in the chat room. That's going to be one we're going to have to talk about when we get back. Could I, as an individual, celebrate a day such as December 25th, or observe a day uh, such as December 25th in which or I... Or June 13th. In which I place significance on the birth of Christ. Yeah, let's talk about that we will talk about back. that when we get back. We'll get uh, this week's bullet point and get your thoughts on the other side. It's going to be heating up in the chat room if you're not signed in there. Now is the time. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual
0: Bible Study will continue right after this. Enjoying the Virtual Bible Study? Email a friend during this break and tell them to join in on the discussion. There's more exciting Bible study after this commercial. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Many so-called prophecy
2: experts are convinced that political developments in the world today are indicators that the great battle of Armageddon is about to take place. Armageddon, of course, is described in the book of Revelation. Many think the description there is of a literal battle between the forces of evil and good. Their thinking is that it will usher in the millennial kingdom of Christ. This is becoming an increasingly popular view. Well, what about Armageddon? The only place the word is found in the Bible is in Revelation 16:16. 16, 16. It refers to Megiddo, a large hill near the plain of Jezreel. It was well known to inhabitants of the region because of the many battles that had been fought there throughout history. The context has absolutely no reference to an actual future assembly of nations or armies to fight a literal war. What is the truth? Is the end near? Those who are making predictions about the return of Christ and the end of the world are doing so in direct contradiction to what the Bible says. The scriptures teach that, quote, the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, 2 Peter 3, verse 10, implying that there will be no sign or advance warning. All this being true, then what should we do? Considering the present political turmoil in the world, Paul's instructions certainly seem appropriate. He said, quote, I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions and givings of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceful life in all godliness and honesty. That's 1 Timothy 2, verse 12. And, of course, constant and faithful service to the Lord is essential so that whenever the Lord returns, quote, that day should not overtake you as a thief, 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 4. That's this week's bullet point.
4: Think about it. Hello, my name is Trent Haynes, and I'm a member of the College View Church of Christ. In a scanning of the book of Proverbs, it provides us several reasons to discipline our children. To show you don't hate them, he who spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is careful to discipline him, chapter 13, verse 24. To give them hope, discipline your son, for in that there is hope. Do not be a willing party to his death, chapter 19, verse 18. To help them for a lifetime, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not turn from it, chapter 22, verse 6. To chase away foolishness, folly is bound up in the heart of a child, but the rod of discipline will drive it far from him, chapter 22, verse 15. To save his soul, do not withhold discipline from a child, If you punish him with a rod, he will not die. Punish him with a rod and save his soul from death. Chapter 23, verses 13 through 14. For your own comfort, discipline your child, and he will give you peace. He will bring delight to your soul. Chapter 29, verse 17. Parents need to read and understand these passages. So too should our children.
0: Share your comment with the world. Call in now and be a part of the virtual Bible study. Now, back to the program. Back on
1: the program tonight. I remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Not much time to tell you about that tonight other than telling you our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com, where you can find out more information about us. Check it out. And if you have questions, we look forward to hearing from you Rick, at any time. Rick makes
2: an interesting point in the chat room. I think this is, you know, sort of the overarching takeaway. I find it interesting that the Lord instructs us to remember his death. Yet most want to remember his birth. There's simply no scriptural basis to celebrate Christmas as a religious day, a rite, or a celebration. Where's the book, chapter, and verse? Now, that is interesting. I mean, we've been told what what to observe, yeah. And that's the the observe, commemorate, remember yeah. the death of Jesus, and we do that every first day of the week in the Lord's Supper. Uh, we're not told about a Christmas celebration or about any celebration. To honor the birth of Jesus.
1: Yeah, you know, here, and this I don't know, this is just my theory on it. A baby is a whole lot less objectionable than Christ was hanging on the cross. Yeah. It's hard to have a problem with Christ as a baby. He hadn't said anything yet. But when he's on the cross and he's told us how we need to live our lives, that's where the rubber meets the road. And that's where people just say, well, you know, I don't want to think about that. I'd rather think about just this, this sweet little baby. Yeah. All
2: right. uh, to that comment, uh, Joe says, how great it would be if our friends and neighbors were to be exci- as excited about observing the memorial of Christ's death each Lord's Day. Would it not, so, not also be exciting to see those who give gifts to give their heart and souls to serve Christ instead of the desires of the flesh? Certainly
1: so. Thank you for that, Joe. All right. All
2: right. All right. Now, I, 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 I think uh, we've been on the same page here about the fact that this is, this is is a this is a – Religious celebration rooted in paganism, advanced by the Catholic Church, uh, no no scriptural authority, no information even about when Jesus was born, much less about with, uh, an instruction to celebrate his birth. So for those reasons, we say you know that you can't mandate uh, such an observance. You can't you you can't. Institute, I guess, maybe, or establish such an observance, but just just a little bit of a caveat, I think, needs to be thrown in here. What if I, just in my own, I'm not even telling anybody about this, but I just decide that I'm I'm going to set aside a day. Uh, I'm going to set aside, you know, August 10th, and mm-hmm. on August 10th, I'm going to just spend that day thinking about the wonderful blessing that God sent. When he sent his son, born of a virgin, born in Bethlehem, wrapped in swaddling clothes, laid in the manger. I'm going to read all the gospel accounts of the birth of Jesus. I'm just going to spend that day in prayer and meditation and study. I'm going to go back to the Old Testament, and I'm going to read about the promised, pro, the prophecies of promise about the coming of the Savior, the specific prophecies about when and how he would be born and so forth. And I'm just going to spend that day in sort of a, just personally a special emphasis in
1: my mind on the birth of Jesus. Can I do that? I think you can. Uh, I think Romans 14 would tell you that you can, you can observe it to yourself uh, and you can't bind that on other fe- people, obviously, but you have, the, you yeah, have, now the if liberty. I say, if I say you're
2: not a good Christian, Jacob, if you don't do the same thing right. I do and do it at right. the same time I do it, yeah. I can't do that. But in Romans 14, uh, Verse 5, one man esteemeth one day above another, another esteemeth every day alike. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. He that regardeth the day regardeth to the Lord, and he that regardeth not the day to the Lord doth not regard it. He And and, and so on he goes. And so, you know, uh, I think that that passage in Romans 14 would argue that a, a person could. A person could do that. Now, I would go on to say I don't do that. I've never done that. But I think that that it would not be something that would be condemned by any principle of scripture if I chose to do that.
1: Yeah. Anthony says something similar along the same line. Now, he's going to take it one step farther. He says a church or an individual may choose any day, any time as an occasion to specifically focus on the general idea of the birth of Jesus. I would suggest that doing so on or around December 25th may not be the best judgment. So Anthony says you could do that as an individual he agrees but he also goes on to say that the church could do that. Now that's an interesting Well, I'm
2: going to go I'm going to go out on on that limb with Anthony and say I think so too. Let's say that again. And I I I think it's a real important point to stress. I think choosing to do that on December 25th would probably be a horribly bad choice because that would be confused with all this false religious practice that's associated with it in in the Catholic Church and the denominational world. So if I was going to do that, I would pick a day different than December 25th. But I think it. let's let's just expand this argument a little bit. Let's say that we choose July 6th. And on July the 6th, we're going to have a special uh, – it's a Sunday this year maybe. I don't know. even know when July 6th is, but let's say it's a Sunday. And on this particular Sunday – we're going to ask the preacher to preach a lesson dealing with the prophecies of Jesus birth the fulfillment of those prophecies em- emphasis on the gospel accounts that describe his birth and all that was involved in that and just really motivate us to be thankful for the fact god sent his son into the world uh we're even going to sing those songs which by the way happen to be in our songbook you know silent night you know uh, and so forth those are beautiful songs, and they have a scriptural connotation to them. But we're going to do this in July. You know, Could we do that? I think we could do that. I, we don't do that. We never have done that. But I wouldn't know any principle that would forego us. Just as a matter of judgment, a dis, you know,
1: and a, just a decision that we made. Just like you might spend a Sunday about the Sermon on the Mount, right? Folks, yeah. so we're going to study. We're going to have sermons just about the Sermon on the Mount this Sunday. Yeah. Or we're just going to have sermons about uh, Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. Or this day we're going to we're going to the whole day
2: is going to be devoted to the conversion of Saul of Tarsus. Right. And his life thereafter. Right. Could we do? That? Sure, we could do that. Now we can't say everybody must do that. But we can do that sort of thing. Those would just be judgment calls. I agree with Anthony wholeheartedly that choosing to do uh, a day on the birth of Jesus around December 25th
1: would probably be bad, bad judgment. All right. Our anonymous listener today says, sure, you could set aside a day as an individual to pay special honor to the birth of Jesus. Randy in Jackson, Missouri says, I'm not a big big fan of observing Christmas on December 25th just because of the way the observance has been perverted. However, I don't see a problem with an individual or family setting aside a day to remember any biblical event. For example, if my family wanted to pick May 10th to especially remember the Transfiguration, it would not be a problem as long as they didn't expect everyone to follow their observance. They could choose on that day to read about the Transfiguration, study its significance, and praise God for the event. The day they chose uh, to make this observance obviously wouldn't be accurate because we don't know what day that occurred. However, It would not be wrong to set aside a day to study about it as a family. Obviously, Christmas has its problems both in origin and in modern-day celebrations. If a family or individual wanted to study the incarnation on December 25th, I don't see a problem with that. It probably wouldn't even be wrong for a church to do that. However, as Paul said in Galatians 4, verse 10 we have to be careful about how we observe holidays, not to make the holiday an I, end in itself. I
2: agree with Randy. I think that's well said. Thank you, Randy. All right. Um, um, uh, in, the cha- in the chat room, Joe says, uh, uh, could we not study these messianic prophecies all year long? Why, just one day? I agree. I mean, it, that, that deserves more than just one day emphasis. And we're sort of talking the, in
1: theory here because we we're, we're, we're said we've not done it in practice. But we're yeah, just saying you've got to be careful about a blanket condemnation of Anything.
2: Yeah, yeah, I think that's the main thing. We we certainly condemn the false religious practices associated with the Christmas observance in the denominational world in the Catholic Church. Uh, we 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 are out on the cutting edge of that condemnation of what they're doing. But but we I just just you know we just have to make sure we're covering all the bases here. Joe says a discussion of any scripture or a study of of the same on any day could not be sinful in any way. If your motivation is only your service to God and Christ, uh, uh, guess sixty seven twenty six says we can study about the birth of Christ and any other scripture on any day, even 20, December twenty fifth. I agree. Uh, uh, but he uh, guess six sixty seven twenty six says that this, that is a perfect time to explain why we don't celebrate the day as his birthday.
1: Right. Right. Okay. So we got to. We, I we're just. We're just stating a caveat here, uh, just a, a warning. Just be careful about the blanket condemnation. of You know, we can make a parallel to the Thanksgiving holiday. I don't think anybody in the chat room tonight would be opposed to a celebration of the Thanksgiving holiday. But is that not a day in which we're thankful to There's God? A
2: real, it's sort of a religious overtone to that.
1: Well, there certainly is some spiritual significance yeah, to it. And I dare yeah. say that most people in the chat room tonight had their family together. And if nothing else, the prayer before the big meal was especially focused on thanking god for the blessings that the family has enjoyed in the past year yeah now and that doesn't necessarily prove that it's right but i would say that if if that's okay then it would be certainly okay to have a day in which you were especially thankful about the birth of christ
2: any thoughts josh kyle any thoughts on that
3: josh got anything no, i just think that uh, uh you know treated like any other holiday it's like the fourth of july independence day i mean it's not a religious day. If we try to make it a religious holiday. Then, well, let's go to that. I, I, let's go to that. What
2: about the secular observance of this day? Couldn't, can can we observe it as a secular day? You know, you get you get you get that time off of work. You may get you may even get a little. You know, your employer may give you a little you know bonus on your check. can you can you take the time? In other words, the boss says you don't have to come to work on this day, December twenty fifth. But you're saying, no, 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 oh, no, that that that'd be an observance. I'm coming. I'm coming. He's, well, I'm going to give you a little bonus. Don't give me the bonus on my paycheck. I, I can't take that bonus on my t- paycheck that's associated with December 25th. Nobody does that. Nobody's going to do that. I I think that, in fact, I read some statistics recently and I didn't write them down. There's a significant percentage of people in, in our world who don't associate christmas with anything religious now a lot of people still do obviously but a lot of people don't and it, it there's clearly a huge secular component to the observance of
1: december 25th
2: that doesn't think about the birth of jesus whatsoever
1: what about the yard signs that you've been seeing around to keep christ in christmas that's because those who want to observe it religiously realize that it is quickly becoming a secularized holiday yeah exactly right and and
2: uh is there? Let me ask this question: Do you think there's any basis for Christians to observe a practice that had its origins in religion, but to observe it secularly? I want to throw something out. I don't, I, we don't have time to go into it deeply, but I want to suggest the case of the Apostle Paul when he returned to Jerusalem at the end of the third missionary journey. That's when he got arrested, you know, and it ended up long, long. Uh, 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 time in custody ended up in Rome. But when he went back to Jerusalem, he, he wanted to be uh, accepted there. Uh, I don't think he was doing anything wrong. And it was suggested to him that he could engage in some cleansing practices at the temple with some of some, with some Jewish fellows who were about to engage in that. And he did. Now, as you study that in in uh the book of Acts, the conclusion that you come to has to be either that Paul sinned, but it's not stated that he sinned. And, and that'd be sort of a, a a a problem in the scriptures. Peter was an apostle, he sinned and his sin was pointed out. Right. Paul was an apostle. If he sinned in going through those rites of purification at the temple in Jerusalem, then you know it it should have been pointed out, and it wasn't and i you know so i i, I got to think that it wasn't a sinful thing that Paul did. clearly those rites of purification in the Jewish temple were connected with the Jewish temple worship, which Paul knew full well had been superseded by the law of Christ, but he could engage in but he was also he was a jew this was this was a national thing for jews i mean this the uh, religion was their nationality as well. And so I think Paul saw that he could observe that in a way that did not contradict what he had adamantly taught in his preaching that the law of Moses is ended, the law of Christ is superseded it. We're not bound. We're not obligated to observe the law of Moses anymore. There wasn't anybody any clearer about that than Paul was, but he still engaged in those rites of purification at the temple I think he was. I think he was doing it in a secular sense, not in a religious sense.
1: All right. What do you think about that? Let us know your thoughts. Anthony says, as a secular holiday with Santa Claus and reindeer, there is nothing inherently wrong with observing this. There may be reasons why one would choose not to. Anthony says, and um, okay, let's see. Um, Kent says that um, well, there's nothing inherently wrong with the observance of such a, such as a secular national holiday, such an observance needs to be limited to individual action as there's no New Testament authority to involve the local church collectively in the observance in secular national holidays. Uh, so you know, and
2: I think, uh, and I know a lot of Christians who, who do that. And, and in fact, they're pretty meticulous to try to specifically avoid any religious aspect of it. For instance, I know Christians who won't put a star on the top of their tree because it, some people associate the star on the top of the tree with the star that led the the wise men to to Jesus. Of course, that didn't even happen on his birthday. Anyway. Right. <laughs> There's lots uh, of problem. We talked but, about that but, before. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, uh, send out cards at that time of year, but make sure it doesn't have any – it doesn't even have the word Christmas on it. You know, maybe say seasons, greetings, or, you know. Happy holidays, you know. I know Christians do that, and they're meticulous to try and keep that out because they're observing it, but just observing it secularly. I don't. I don't have a problem with that. But, I, okay. but again, I know some people who do. And as I was describing, our, our anonymous emailer said th- that you know she has, she has, she just doesn't, and she thinks that it should not be done. If that's your conscience, then honor your conscience. Absolutely.
1: Joe says, see, it comes to the motivating factor. I hope you see my point as well. The world is always watching us, and personally, I've always rejected that which you do, mainly for fear that might cause confusion in the minds of my friends and neighbors, et cetera. And, Joe, we, uh, we appreciate you for being uh, true to your conscience on that. I mean, yeah, certainly exactly right. Don't... I wouldn't fault you at all, not at all. No, and there are certain judgment calls associated with that. We may want to be careful about the way that we, if, if we do celebrate it secondly, we may want to be careful about that. Uh, you may, uh, you know, you may want to avoid certain things for the appearance of it. Certainly, yeah. something you have to keep in mind. Uh, guest sixty-seven twenty-six says, "We always got together as a family December twenty-fifth because that was when most were off work. We were never taught to observe it as a holy day. We gave gifts and still do." Uh, and so, sixty-seven uh, twenty-six says they observed it secondly just because it was a convenient time to get everyone together.
2: Yeah. And I don't think a lot of people do that.
1: Okay. All right, All right.
2: let's grab a quick, our last break. And then, real quickly, we've got to talk about are there any positive things associated with the observance of Christmas? And what are the negative things?
1: 6726 is maybe giving us a foretaste of some of the negative things associated. 6726 says Santa is a lie. That certainly is something we're going to talk about. So stay tuned. We'll go to the top of the hour right after this.
0: You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages.
2: us in his word we realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps as a result what we think or feel doesn't really matter all that matters is what god has said so that's what the virtual bible study is all about it's pretty simple isn't it thanks again for joining us tonight and we will hope you'll make plans to join us every thursday night for the virtual bible study we're tracking the trends on the virtual bible study Results of recent studies show that those who had a high level of gratitude as a personality trait were much more likely to have below-average levels of materialism. Gratitude focuses our attention on others by realizing that they are affecting us in positive ways. This, in turn, destroys insecurity, which is one of the primary drivers behind materialism. That information is via happierhuman.com. The Word of God says in Colossians 3, verse 15... Let the peace of God rule in your hearts, to the which also ye are called in one body, and be ye thankful.
0: Missed a recent virtual Bible study program? Listen to any of our past programs from the archive section of our website. Now, back to the virtual Bible study. Back on the program
1: going to the top of the hour, talking about uh, Christmas. Some positive things that could be associated with it. Are there any positive things? Maybe you think there's not anything positive associated with, uh, with the celebration of Christmas. Are there some uh, negative things associated with
2: it? Let me get my list real quick. We've got to go quickly here because we don't have a lot of time. I'm going to say some good things about Christmas giving, sharing, benevolence. you know people are more benevolently minded. I think we should be a benevolent people, benevolent hospitality uh all those things are good that time of year and hey. if if it uh, if it provokes some spiritual awareness in a very carnal world. That's probably a good
3: thing.
1: Too. And guest 6726 says this is a perfect time to explain why we don't celebrate at this day as his birthday. So it would be a good time yeah. to talk about Bible authority with someone, for instance, or yeah. maybe religious perversion. Yeah. So it would be a good time for that. All right. Good.
2: Um, Josh, you got You're going to go. You're going to jump on the negatives here. Any, any positives?
3: Uh, yeah. I'd say time off work and the food. Yeah. OK. <laughs> well, what can be wrong with that? All right. Okay, OK. Good.
1: All right. All um, right. Uh, uh, Joe says, it's interesting in my community that most folks t- I talk with usually bemoan the work and expense associated with Christmas. And I say, I hope how soon Christmas and, and say, I hope how soon Christmas season is over. There's a tremendous pressure on folks to observe this day over all others. Um, and certainly that's some of the, there are some negative things associated with this holiday. Yeah. Uh, now,
2: hang on to that for
1: a minute though. But, uh, our, our anonymous emailer
2: says people are more open to discussions about Jesus just very misguided people are in a giving mood uh, and that's seen as good you
1: know paul went to the to the synagogues to talk about jesus uh, with folks who were religiously minded but misinformed and so certainly this would be a similar thing perhaps
2: uh kent says there are some positive elements of proper association with family and friends during this season so i would agree with that
1: all right uh, kyle uh kyle in your email you said i do not think I do not think how I do not, however, think that the gathering of uh, friends and family together is bad or the enjoying of company of one another with the exchange of presents is in itself a bad thing. So, OK. All
2: right. So, All right. The, so you know, I think anybody would agree that there, there's there's just something good that can come from that. and And we and we typically enjoy those kind of things. But there's a lot of downside too there's a lot of bad things so what do you do i mean you gotta you gotta you gotta avoid you can enjoy the good but you certainly got to avoid the bad josh what were you you had a list of some of the things you had in mind bad
3: things associated with the day yeah i think i think greed and materialism is one of the most uh, terrible things about christmas people spend all the money they have and wanting things and lusting after things and then we end up giving our leftovers to god because we've spent all our money on gifts and presents
2: Okay, I had that too. I had that on my list. Same words, greed and materialism. I, I had some other things, uh, worldliness, alcoholism, lustful parties. You know, there's there's
1: there's some of that bad stuff going around too. Yeah, by those who want to celebrate the day religiously, ironically, uh, there's a lot of those uh, drunken, uh, lascivious parties going on. It seems somewhat of a, an irony. Yeah. Uh, um, uh, and uh, – you know, I was I was speaking with a guy a couple of weeks ago. He was telling me he's picked up a second job working third shift, stocking the the shelves at the Toys R Us. And basically getting no sleep, sleeping 30 minutes here, sleeping 30 minutes. You know what he said? He said, I oh, hope my kids like me for this. So he's, he's just basically killing himself so he can get more and more Buy presents for his kids. For uh, that seems to me to be uh, a danger.
2: Anthony says uh, there are all kinds of pitfalls uh, with Christmas. Materialism, covetousness, greed, overspending, stress over shopping or hosting parties, gluttony, carousing, et cetera. Agree,
1: Anthony. All right. And the anonymous listener tonight mentions materialism, egoism, uh, distraction from God's word and his commands, and then a couple more here. Lying and Deceit. Now, that happens in a lot of various ways. During the break, we had a little soapbox session here with Josh and Kyle, and they, uh, they, uh, they're they they on this soapbox, the Lying and Deceit, regarding Santa Claus. What do you say about that?
3: I was just thinking that uh, parents will tell their children that Santa is real and Santa is delivering presents, and then when the children get a little bit older, they tell them Santa was, in fact, not real. And so I think sometimes it will cause kids to think well, my parents lied to me about Santa. They told me God was real, also. So, you know, is God real? I think it'll it'll raise some questions that. Jacob yeah, yeah, we studied with a
2: fellow who brought up that very point.
1: Yeah, that's right. Uh, he, yeah, he's yeah, an, he was atheist an atheist an, now, and it, because and of and Santa it, Claus. It, because
2: and what got him wondering was he found out his parents had lied to him about Santa Claus. And and he began to wonder had they lied to him about God and then that that's sent a him true on that story. He he got got an yeah, we study today because yeah.
1: his parents lied to him about yeah. Santa Claus. Yeah. and you know Santa has godlike characteristics. He knows when you're he sees when he knows when you're sleeping. He sees when you're awake. Yeah, he knows, he knows, when knows when where you've been, bad you've been good. Or good. Or, yeah, I mean it's a it's God basically in a red suit. And uh, if, if that's made up, then why couldn't uh, the true God yeah. be made? up?
2: I, I gotta I gotta really. Uh, I mean, I, I could get on a soapbox about, you can do something about Christmas, you sure don't, and you can even acknowledge, I mean, you can even talk about Santa Claus, you, I mean, he's pictures everywhere, but don't tell your children that he's real or that he's bringing the present, don't lie about that, you know, yeah. you know he can just sort of be the trademark of the day, but don't lie to him about his, his reality, being a, a real character.
1: Yeah, right. Um, and then there's some lying and deceit that goes along with some of the other things about Christmas, too. Uh, about to the, going on about liking the present that you got and you didn't really like (laughs) it. Oh, I really love that tie. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so or lying about what you were going to get somebody. Oh, no, I didn't get you that. Or I wasn't really at the store shopping for you. I mean, you got it. There's all kinds of lying that going on around this time of year. Uh,
2: Kent uh, in Georgia mentions uh, negative aspects of Christmas. Individuals are tempted to overspend regarding their finances, get caught up in worldly practices, or tempted to engage in unauthorized religious activities. And I think that's exactly right. You know, this uh, we we haven't really talked about it, but this other than to call it materialism and greed, but this overspending—it's just—it's out of hand. I mean, you get online and do a little research about how much money people are spending, and 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 they don't even have the money—they're they're they're borrowing the money to spend in that fashion. It's just. That about and, it's and, not
1: good stewardship, and it is breeding materialism and covetousness in our children as yeah, well. Yeah. And that's something we've got to be careful about. Uh, Kyle, you said you see the possibility of ne- negative aspects of the season, the covetousness that is encouraged. We must all be mindful of our giving, that it is out of love, and that we give, uh, and that we give, and not in order to receive. We must be careful. Uh, our brothers who strongly object to certain ho- holiday observances, as in Romans 14 verse three. Uh, Let us seek God's counsel in the scriptures and prayer and make wise decisions in terms of our observances. You know, another thing that we should also mind, uh, this holiday breeds selfishness and self-centeredness. And uh, and those uh, there are lots of those uh, folks who who do need attention at this time of year that people get all wrapped up in themselves and fail to think about other people. In the
2: chat room, Mike in Ohio says, I think we avoid study of Jesus' birth anytime because of the Christmas holiday. And I think he's right. I think we may, maybe we, we go to, too far in the opposite direction. We don't ever mention his birth because we're afraid of the, all these abuses of the Christmas holiday that we've been discussing. Now, you know, it's even to the point, you know, as I said, some of those songs are in our songbook, Silent Night, uh, Joy to the World. They're really beautiful songs that talking about the great gift of God sending His Son, and uh, they should sure they should be sung. And they should be sung, but uh, you know, sometimes as Christian we start, of oh, that's a Christmas song. Well, it's not really. I mean, it's it's, it's been, been hijacked hijacked so to speak, but it's a beautiful song uh, with a scriptural message. And we, you know, and uh, as Mike says, sometimes we avoid discussing even anything about the birth of Jesus because we don't want to be uh, taken in the wrong way
1: that we're trying to. Promote
2: an observance of Christmas.
1: Josh or Kyle, any final thoughts from you tonight? No? No? Thank you for your, your comments and being here tonight. Uh, Dad, a good discussion. Certainly things we need to think about because we do want to do all things with the authority of God's word. We make sure we're, we're living as God would have us to live. And so it's things that we need to be in my, uh, keep in mind. I think so. All right. See keep... you next year. This is unprecedented. I don't know if we. I don't know if we shut this thing see out for two goes. weeks. Yeah,
2: yeah. Uh, the, 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 all the equipment may corrode before we get back to it. But we're gonna remember
1: we're, we're, the next two weeks will be off. We'll be back the first Thursday in January, Lord willing. All right. So we'll catch you then in two weeks. Look for your update email in two weeks on. Uh, the first topic for 2016. Send so us your ideas. One. We look forward to hearing from you uh, about that. Uh, thank you for being here. Thank you for your time tonight, Dad. Thanks, Jacob. And uh, th- that we hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word. Hope you make plans to be back here this time in 2016 for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. In the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it.